Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. I want to welcome you to our service today. Today we're going to be talking about justification and what justification in the New Testament is. And uh, I trust that you will understand um, this message and that it will impact your life in a great way. I'd just like to announce that I'll be um, coming to the United States in the, uh, at the end of April and I'll be there for just over a month. So um, if you're in the US, uh, make sure that you go to latest news on our website and just check out the itinerary and um, maybe we can meet up sometime. Uh, I don't want to be in your area and you don't even know about it, so I just thought let me advertise this. Um, another thing, if you are in the US, my book is available uh, in a paperback form. Just go to resources and you can get it from there. Thank you so much and I trust that you will enjoy this message today. God bless. Today we're gonna, um, I'm going to be ministering about justification. You know, what is justification? I'm writing a book on finances and um, so I do a lot of study, you know, and in my study about the whole money thing, I, and, uh, I did some study on the, you know, just the Jewish afterlife. I, some years ago I did some of it and I just went a bit deeper into this. And, um, you know, what the Jews believed once, you know, you die and basically why you are on earth and those kind of things. And um, I thought that it would be good if I can just link that to justification and, and what justification really is. Now, <clears throat> to begin with, justification uh, um, in the Greek means to render righteous or such as he ought to be or to show, exhibit, uh, uh, exhibit or to prove evidence that a person is righteous or such as he, uh, one wishes to consider him, to, to, to declare or to pronounce one as just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. So uh, justification would be when God comes and uh, by the power of his resurrection proves your righteousness or uh, exhibits your righteousness in your life where he brings forth a fruit of love fruit of joy fruit of a peace into your life and we can enjoy the benefits of that in our lives so uh, justification can not be something that we do by our own power since the bible is clear on the fact that we um I i'm just reminded i wanted to read a verse to you guys here that i don't want to forget since we are not able to justify ourselves, the Bible says we shall be justified by faith. We shall be justified by faith. Only belief in Jesus Christ can manifest through justification. And uh, Jesus Christ came and gave righteousness as a free gift to every human being. Therefore, every human can be justified. Okay? For Jesus to justify you, or the Father to justify you, it would be unjust to prove you as righteous unless you are righteous. It would be unjust to, to manifest your holiness unless you have been made holy. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, well, you would take a, a lamb, and uh, you know, when the sacrifice was made for the whole uh, nation, the lamb was slain in Jerusalem, and there were certain uh, Jewish uh, 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 there were certain methods, certain things that had to happen in the slaying of that lamb. <clears throat> and when the priest went in with the blood of the lamb and he was accepted, the acceptance 
of the sacrifice was unto the sanctification of whosoever the sacrifice was for. So the sacrifice was for the nation of Israel. You didn't have to be present to be sanctified. You could, you could be a Jew living somewhere 500 kilometers from, Israel, from, from Jerusalem and be uh, sanctified by that sacrifice, even shaking your fist at God. It was for you. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to be present. You didn't even have to believe in that sacrifice. None of that. It was for you. And then... After the, 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 the blood was accepted, the message of the acceptance of the sacrifice, which spelt your sanctification, you know, and you being made righteous by the blood, was proclaimed throughout the whole nation. And that is a type and shadow of what happens to us today. If the blood of a lamb could cover the sin of a whole nation where people wasn't, weren't even present, at the place where the lamb was slain. You know, how much more can the blood of Jesus Christ not sanctify the whole world of their sin? So that we can go with the good news of the sanctification by the blood of Jesus once and for all, according to Hebrews 10 verse 14, go to all and declare that they have been sanctified by the blood. Should they believe upon that, they will experience what is called justification. Their minds, you know, that Jesus Christ sanctified the whole world in one sacrifice. He doesn't die every time somebody accepts Him. He died for all people. He died for every person before we even called upon His name. Before, while we were yet sinners, He gave his, his Son for us. And it was unto our sanctification. And the Bible even says that He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, who is sanctified again? Those who the Lamb was slain for. Those were sanctified by that sacrifice. So who, who, did, who did Jesus die for? He died to take away the sin of the whole world. Not just the church, but the whole world. Now, we can walk around with a dirty mind, and the dirty mind would be to think that we are separated from God, to think that God is angry at us, to think that we are just, God just sees our sin all the time. And when we hear the truth, then our mind can be sanctified by the already attained sanctification that came by Christ. And you know, this that I preach now is a wonderful truth, and it can be a wonderful theory to you, um, but as long as what it's a theory, it remains powerless unto your justification. It means nothing for you today. It would mean absolutely nothing. You know, so, um, it, it, you know, I was so, so lucky. The, uh, I, I went to Rotop, and then they came with a little ticket there and said, do you want to buy, what do you call it in English when you, when you buy that thing? Yeah, not the lotto, brother. The biltong. <laughs> it was okay. It's the lotto. You know, I went to Rotop and I bought a lotto ticket from a, from somebody that was, uh, you know, selling uh, well, they had a competition at school. 
like a raffle thing, you know. Yeah, a lot of the same thing, you know, it's a luck thing. So, <laughs> well, anyway, so I, I bought this. The guy says, I said, okay, I'll buy two of them, they're five rand each. And then they phoned me. I won the one kilogram of kudu bultong. Oh, hallelujah, I was so happy, you know. Now, I already, I, I got it today. But I won it about a week ago, week and a half ago. So it was mine already. I, if I never believed the young man when he phoned me and said, listen, it is yours, you know, I wouldn't have had any, made any arrangements to see that somebody could bring it to me today. And I wouldn't have had it already. I wouldn't have had what is mine. I couldn't make use of what is already mine. So my, my, uh, I want to say my challenge to you, my heart to you is, let us not listen to this as just a mere theory, but let our hearts allow you, let your heart allow you to say this is the only truth there is. And the Bible says the seed, <coughs> uh, the sower went to sow some seed, and some seed fell on the, on the uh, stony place, some fell on the road, and some fell you know, uh, amongst the thorns and thistles and others in the good ground. And then it goes and it explains that those that fell on the, on the road, which, on that, which actually typifies the law of that time, they called the law the way. You know, Jesus called himself the way, but the Jews never thought Jesus was the way. They thought the law was the way. They even thought the law was the truth. That's what the Jews declared. The law was the way, the truth, and the life. But Jesus came and declared himself as the way, the truth, and the life, and not the law. And it was, he was the way, the truth, and the, and the life unto our justification that we could have the intended life that he always planned for us. So there's hope for us. There is peace for us. What we need to do is say, Lord, I'm not going to take that word and sow it upon the road, upon the law, and try and interpret this by law. Neither am I going to sow it in the place where it's a law-grace mixture, you know. But I want to sow it in, in, into a place where I understand it with the depth of my heart, where it can enter deep and find its root in me. Where I say that this is the only truth about my life. There is no other truth. I have been sanctified. I have been given a place in the Trinity. I, I am, when God looks at me, He smiles over my life. When, when I come into His presence, He accepts me. He thinks well of me, and He cannot but think that of me. When He looks at my situation where I go through a hard time, He feels absolute compassion for me. He's, 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 he's his gut, I mean, is torn. He feels inside him absolute compassion for you. Deeds of compassion flows from him towards you. He will speak to you words of acceptance. When that becomes the place where we say, this is the only truth. There is no other truth. You know, like what it would be, you know, when we look at the apartheid system, um, it, it's just settled in our hearts that we can never, ever use the old system again. It is gone forever in our minds. It's like when you go to Germany. You know, you, you can't go there in public and say, Hi, Hitler. You get some serious trouble. You can't do that. You know, because that system is for 
forever over. It is written into the subconscious minds of those people. What they do, uh, when I was in Germany, I, it was amazing, you know, they would regularly show movies and uh, documentaries on how bad the Nazis were, you know, and how bad that whole system was, and how they killed the Jews, and how wrong it is. And I would ask one of the Germans, I said, why do you live in this continual condemnation? You know, where you just feel guilty over and over again. He says, we want every generation to know how bad that is, that it would never, ever happen again. So what they do is, they program the subconscious mind of the person, even from small, you know, with guilt, which is, I believe it's wrong, you know, but to pro program with guilt, and to use fear, and to, to take the past and condemn people, you know, but um, which actually happens, mixed in with the truth on how bad it is to just think that one race is superior to another, um, you know, when, when that whole thing comes in and, you can re and, and a person can be programmed in the depth of his being, he will believe that that is wrong and he will veer away from it. In the very same way with the gospel, if we can have a place where we are indoctrinated with his love for us, where we are indoctrinated with His acceptance, that, your sub, that when anything comes your way that contradicts the truth about how righteous you are, how holy you are, your, your whole being will say, well, that's not the truth about me. Even if you committed the wrong. 99% of the time, it's not just others saying bad things about us, but we do the wrong thing. And then the wrong thing starts to preach to us. But when our hearts are absolutely rooted in the message that we have been sanctified, that we have been made righteous, that one man obeyed on our behalf, and it becomes the, the, the only truth in your heart, the framework of mind from where you reason, you will find that when you do something wrong, when your money things doesn't look the way it's supposed to look, when, you've, uh, um, when maybe you've lost a friendship, or you've gone through a divorce, or something very bad has happened to you, you will find those things powerless against the power of the inner voice confirming the truth to you from where you will find justification manifest in your life. Hallelujah. Let me read this verse. And um, I thought of this while we were singing the song about grace. I see grace. Um, it's in Zechariah. I don't, I've lost the verse now. It's where the Bible says, It's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit. But this is the word that it says. It says, Then he said, Then he answered and spoke unto him, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. So, 
here it comes and it talks about the city that need to be rebuilt and the whole thing that happened there and he says this is how it will happen a big mountain of rubble of a broken down city he says who are you O great mountain before Zerubbabel because this is the word of God it's not by the power or might of uh, the king but it is by the grace of God and this mountain you know will become a plain and you will bring the headstone of it unto it and you will say grace grace unto it so I want to say to you today it doesn't matter how big the mountain of devastation in your life is it doesn't matter how big the mountain is that is before you be it a, 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 a job that you need to do be it children that you raise whatever is in front of you that looks like a difficult time there's one word for you and that is that it will not be by power it will not be by might but it shall be by the Spirit of the Lord and you will look at it in hindsight and you will say grace 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 the divine influence of the Almighty God that will bring this forth amen now the word justify also according to Webster's let me just see if I've uh, it also means to render or to make or to cause to be um, by some influence upon a thing so when you justify something is when you according to Webster's is when you uh, influence something to be something it is to make or to cause to be by some influence upon the thing so in other words when God justifies us he causes us to he causes to manifest what we are by having an influence upon us that's how he justifies us so he already made us something the way in which this is manifested is by us believing what he has made and not believing what we are in in this life but believing that his life is my life okay when we believe that we find that he justifies us by his spirit the power of God comes and he causes us to be what we are by having an influence upon us okay that sounds like the image and likeness of God now let me explain why I say this when God said to add oh, to, to, to Moses when he said who will I say have sent me Moses said the following words he said tell them I am that I am has sent you now that never made sense to me for many years but I started to realize what he was actually saying there and this is what he talks about and we are made in the image and the likeness of God if God is I am that I am then you will also be that you are okay that is how it is if God is I am so much that I am it I am so much I am so passionate about uh, motor cars that I own 20 of them or I am so passionate about cycling that I am uh, a cyclist I am so passionate about photography that I actually am a photographer you understand what I'm saying in the same way God says I am that I am that is who God is so he comes and he first creates a truth he first creates our righteousness he redeems us so that we can be what we are 
And even the being what we are is not our doing. He was the one that made you righteous and He is the one that will justify you. The only thing that we have, because we are living human beings in the image and likeness of God, functioning as He functions is, we believe it. We believe what He says and He brings it forth. Justify also means to prove or to show to be just. To be, or conformable to law, righteous, justice, or priority. So what he says here is, uh, justify means to prove or to show that you are just. So when you justify, it is not when you become just. You are already just. To be justified is to manifest what is just. You know, if we look at the Oscar Petorius case, <clears throat> let's say they find him innocent. If, if he's found innocent, you know, then he is just. You know, he is righteous. He's not guilty. Justification would have to be to let him go, to set him free, to say, listen, we stop this investigation now. This is over. We give you your freedom that you can have life as what it has always been for you. Should he be innocent? In the very same way, we find it with God. Let us read Isaiah 30 verse 18. It says, and let, let's explain justification a bit further here. It says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up and show you compassion for the Lord is a God of justice or is a God that justifies. So here it says that the Lord wants to be gracious to you. He wants to be compassionate to you because he's a God of justice. So because God is a just God, that's why he is merciful to you. That's why he loves you. We've always connected a justness with God wanting to punish you. Where the Bible says because he is a just God and he wants to justify you, you know, he wants to show grace to you, he wants to be compassionate to you, he wants to manifest who he is towards you, he wants to influence you, he wants to help you. Why? Because he is a just God. When God looked at the sacrifice of Christ and what Christ came to do in the fullness of time, He said, I want to influence them. I want to influence them with the good I've done. I want to influence them with the compassion I have for them so that they can have my quality of life. Another uh, ma uh, uh, scripture, Matthew 12, verse 15 to 18, says, A large crowd followed Him and He, um, and he healed all who were ill. Then what, uh, that was to fulfill which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one whom I, whom I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he shall proclaim justice to the nations. Isn't this beautiful? He says, Jesus comes and he heals the sick. After healing the sick, you know, it says this was to fulfill what the prophet said, this is my servant that will proclaim justice to people. And he healed the sick. So God thinks it's just that you are healed. God thinks it's just that you are cared for. God says, 
um, uh, when it comes to, your, to money, he says in, in uh, uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5, he says, don't worry about these things, for I will never leave you nor forsake you. When it comes to money, the, the scripture on money where it says I will, or the scripture that says I will never leave you or forsake you, the writer of the book of Hebrews connects it to money and he says God will never leave you, he will never forsake you, so don't worry about it. It is just that you are cared for. It is just that you are provided for. It is just for you to have health. You know, that's what it declares there. But there's a higher form of justification than that. A much higher form than that. That is just what I would call law justification. There's still the justification of grace, which we will have a look at. Now, the Jews, um, uh, the way they believed, as, as pertains to the afterlife and them as Jews, was as follows. They believed that God wanted to refine creation. And He wanted to refine human flesh. Now what he want, the way he did that was by taking a soul which exists with God before time, from eternity to eternity, and take that soul and put it inside a human body. And that would be now you and me. Well, they believed basically it was the Jews. That God would take a soul and put it in a human flesh. Then he would give to that soul the key on how to upgrade that human flesh even unto immortality. And the key was the law. That's what the Jews believed. They then believed that they were the light of the world. They were there to enlighten man. They were there to enlighten the Gentiles. They were to go out and take this light, you know, which was, they called the word of God, which was the law, which was a light unto my path which they saw as the Ten Commandments and all the other Jewish laws, and they would go and say that I want to lead the people in darkness. I am a guide to the blind, according to Romans 2 verse 9 and 10. I'm a guide to the blind. Where Jesus came and said, you blind guides. You know? And they thought that they, they had the light. Where Jesus said, you love darkness. And what they thought was the light, Jesus declared as darkness. And he called himself the light. He's the light of the world that enlightens every man. But the Jews believed that through, uh, this, through obedience to the law, they will have the highest form of life and that they will upgrade human flesh and they will basically upgrade or glorify, bring glorification to all of creation. And this is where Paul comes in Romans 8 with a whole idea of, you know, creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. But what Paul basically said is, he is a son of God that believes in Jesus, not the one that obeys the law. Or try to obey the law to be justified. So, the justification that the Jews saw was the manifestation of the higher life, which we today would just call civilization. They thought, basically, that civilization is salvation. You must realize that the promise of the law was what they called life. So here is the law, here, are, here you are, then there's a law, and then if you obey this law, there's a certain promise. Blessed shall you be in the field, 
Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Blessed shall you go, be when you go in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. And all those things talk about a very high financial blessed life on this earth. And that was seen as life by the Jews. That was seen as the justification of the law. They thought that the law would come and give them a, a, a certain... It was God's key. If I, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, then it is the key on how to be successful. And the success was seen as the justification which came by the law. And then Paul came and he said, you guys actually don't understand the law and neither do you understand anything. What Paul came to say is justification is not just unto having a very successful life in this world. Justification is actually to be set free from sin. <laughs> Which the law has no power to. I said on Facebook the week, in the week that giving can never set you free from stinginess. You can give and give and give. It wouldn't set you free from stinginess. You can take a very stingy person and teach him that if you pay your tithes and sow, you will reap and be very rich. And because he's so stingy and he wants so much, he will give in abundance so that he can have the more. And the Lord does not possess the power to set you free from your stinginess. That's why the Bible says you can give your body to be burnt and yet have not love. For you have not understood what it is to be loved by God. You don't know what you are and who you are. The scripture is clear. It says um, in Galatians 2 verse 16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus, that we might be justified by the faith of Him, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. No flesh will be upgraded. No flesh will be set free by the works of the law. It's very clear. Although it was what the Jews believed with all their heart and all their passion, you know, that was in them. And one of the greatest things when the justification of grace came, we found that contentment settled in and all these things didn't actually mean anything. And we find Paul writing stuff, or I think it was Luke, where Jesus said a man's life is not contained in the abundance of his possessions. Where the Jews believe that, you know, the more you possess, the richer you are, the more God has justified you. And that teaching has infiltrated the church. Especially the charismatic church. You know, where we have come to a place where we find God justifying us, you know, when we've just lived exactly like the Jews. We've taken a law, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of tithing. We've taken all those laws and we said, should we obey this law, God will justify us. And how will the justification look? It will just look like Deuteronomy 28, which is, blessed will you be in the field, blessed will you be here, blessed will you be there. And then we would look at people that, have, that we seem God has justified in that state. We would look at them with great respect, honoring them, knowing that they have mastered the key. Becoming their disciples so they could teach us and train us how to obey these laws to the final uh, uh, point. 
So that we can also find God's justification in our life. But here the Apostle Paul comes and he says, when I got rid of the legalistic system and I believed in Jesus, as I've given in the introduction to this message, I believe I am already righteous, I am already holy, I am accepted, I find that He justified me and I found contentment in my life. And I don't care about any of these things anymore. And I found the justification of faith come to my life, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance. And Paul even comes and he writes, and he says in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 4 verse 4, he says, I don't find, if I, look at, if I take the law and I look at my life, I don't find any mistake with my life. Even if I think of myself, have I done something wrong today? I don't find anything that I know that I've done wrong. This is what he says here. He says, for I know nothing by myself yet. Now, th that was just the, the, the English way of saying, I don't find any fault with myself in how I live every day. Yet I am not hereby justified, but by, but he Judge, he that judged me is the Lord. So what Paul says, even if I don't find any mistake in my life, even if I can look at my life and I say, I live holy, I am perfect, I am not, that is not my justification. My justification is Christ living in me and through me. And even if Christ should live in me and I should see peace and joy, you know, I don't say I am justified because I have peace and joy. No, I'm justified by the resurrection of Christ and the fruit of that resurrection is peace and joy. Because the moment we say, you know, uh, uh, the fruit is the justification, then we've already made a law again. And we're back to Judaism again and we will find what the Jews have found, which the Apostle Paul, uh, um, to great amazement, discovered. He said, the way that I thought was unto life was unto death. It cannot produce life. At the end of the day, justification is immortality. To have an undying human flesh, which only Christ can bring forth. I want to end off with this verse. It says, Be it known to you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Now, that forgiveness of sins, is, the way it was pronounced there, this is uh, Paul standing in front of sinners. And he said, I want to declare the forgiveness of your sins through this man. Now, that forgiveness of sins, this is what he meant by that. You are already forgiven and you can be justified. Meaning, you might be a Pharisee or a Jew or a whatever, being rich, having all the right clothes, but inside your heart, you walk with things you don't want to walk with. You don't have freedom from sins. You are bound. You are a slave. I want to tell you, you are already forgiven, and everything the law of Moses could not justify you from, where it pointed out you as guilty, where the law could not set you free, He can set you free. Let us read it again. Be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Glory to God. There's two things that it talks about there. Number one, whenever the law would find you guilty, Jesus says, 
you are forgiven. Number two, where the law could not set you free to have his quality of life, those who believe by Jesus Christ, Jesus shall set you free and you'll find that manifestation in your life. You'll find you start to love people. You'll find you'll start to love yourself. You'll, start, you'll find that when you look at your children, your whole way of reasoning and, uh, uh, um, you know, outreach to them is not from a legalistic point of view anymore but from a grace point of view where you will not tolerate anything that is outside of grace when he doesn't believe grace you can i mean with my kids I, i'm not always the soft daddy you know i believe in grace and i believe in the that the law kills you so if I find legalism in my child where he finds his identity in maybe how much marks he gets in his school, I'm not going to fool around with that. I'll tell him stra straight out. I say, you, you're playing with fire and it's going to kill you. It doesn't mean I just, okay, that's okay, whatever. Boy, you're going to die. This is where this leads you. You know? You can't find, I mean, Henry makes YouTube videos and stuff. He can never find his identity in how many likes he get there. If I see that in his life, you know, I, you know, I can come nicely and say to him, you know, Henry, I, I, you know, Papa, don't know more. Daddy thinks you, you shouldn't do this. And then he might say, yes, you have a nice chat with him. And when you see that he becomes depressed because of this thing, you sit him down. You ask him, what rubbish is this? This will kill you, my boy. The grace of God, you, you, nothing, you know, you can ever do. You know, I, I've said to my children many times, I said, you know, the other, I said to Henry, if you get 16 million views on one of your videos, it cannot change my view of you. And if you never get any view or any job ever in your life, your view can never change. My view of, of you can never change. I've already made up my mind the day you were born. I know who God says you are and I know who you're born from. That is who you are and that's who you will be to me forever. And I am your dad and to see that you don't believe any other rubbish. Doesn't mean you're just a soft, timid pushover. You believe what you, you stand for what you believe in. Glory to God. Amen. So, in my house, I don't allow law. We allow, you are righteous, you are holy, you are blameless before God. And should you struggle with depression, should you struggle with this, should you struggle with that, what do you do? We get back to the truth, we read the truth, we hear the truth. We, until we find belief arise in our heart about the truth and we're passionate about that truth. We live in a world, people, where the world shows to us, you know, this is the better life. And what it's portraying actually is what the Jews believed that they would have according to Deuteronomy 28. That, that's all there is. And what do we find? We find death upon death upon death. We find people being tortured, people suffering, people loving money, people finding their identity in where they live all the time. Suffering, struggling, you know, can't love each other. And the end of all of that is just death and rejection. We cannot wait for God to justify us unto the standard of the world. We are expecting the justification that comes from God by the blood of Jesus and faith in Jesus Christ, which is unto the fruit 
of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's what we expect. For, God says, all the things you need in this world, He knows you have need of it, and you don't have to worry about it. Amen. Glory to God. Why do we want to live with the pride of life, the lust of the eye, and, uh, I mean, there's three things, I can't remember all three of them. You know, and then take the, take the Holy Spirit as the one that will empower us to the pride of life and the lust of the eye. Where He will empower you in the lust of the flesh. But He will empower you unto a place where, you know, last night, uh, uh, um, Gerald got married yesterday. So we did his, we did his, I did his wedding. And... Um, they got married, and it's just such a beautiful wedding. 20 people, you know, um, in a nice restaurant there, you know, downtown. It was just so beautiful, you know. And just to see how he changed since he came here. You know, that to me is justification. Just to see, it was just that he could have a life where he can have peace, where he can have joy, where he can smile. doesn't matter how much money, if he's got money or not doesn't matter where he's just got inner joy because he's been so abused for, by the law for how many years he was abused under the manifestation of all kinds of fleshly uh, desires and stuff you know where he was tortured by that man and now we see grace he believed grace he started to believe and we see the truth manifesting in his life he's justified by Christ you know, and it was so nice to sit there and I remember the people sitting next to me and I looked in their eyes and I could have in my heart while I spoke to them a deep adoration for them because I could see a person that is loved by God, cared for, you know, and I could testify about the good news of Jesus to people that I don't know. To me that is to be justified. Well, what about the things of this world? Well, God said that He's my Father and He shall care for me. So I don't worry about that. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation. The law condemned us unto a life where we could never be set free. It condemned us unto a life where we could not be patient condemned us into a life where we could not love ourselves, condemned us into a life where we look at the walk in the street, look at our family, look at even the, the, you know, your wife, your children, yourself, and you, all you see is ugly. Ugly. It's not just for you to look in the mirror and look at yourself and hate what you see. It's not just. It's not what God sees. When you look at them in, in the mirror, you can't say, yes, you it, I'm out It's not just to see that. It's just to look in the mirror and to have adoration for the temple of God. When you look into the mirror to say, the living God decided to indwell this body. This, this is the temple of the Most High. Elohim decided to come and indwell us. He decided to leave heaven and come and indwell this human body. This body, as it looks today, you know, even if I see it going back physically, is still 
the place where God lives and he shall raise it up unto eternal life and eternally live in this body. I love what I see. I love myself. How can you love your neighbor as you love yourself if you've never even loved yourself? And how can you love yourself if you think the Almighty detests you? How can you love yourself if you think the Almighty sees spots in your life, always finding fault, not really happy with you? It is not just for you to walk around with a guilty conscience. He wants to justify you. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. You know what it means? We've made faith, and I end off with this, we've made faith this big work on how I need to believe before God can do something for me. No. Faith is just the result of hearing what He has done. It's what happens to you when you hear His declaration over your life. God's declaration over the human race is your sins has been forgiven. You have been reconciled unto God. That's God's declaration. And, how can, and that is also called the commandment of God. God commands over you that you are righteous now how do you obey his commandment how do you obey a declaration you believe it to be disobedient to a certain declaration is not to obey is not to believe it you know if they said to me you won the biltong and I didn't believe you know it is a disobedience actually it is a dishonoring I'm not obeying what he said he said you want it it's yours no, I don't, I don't obey that. I don't listen to that. I don't, give, I don't hear that. My ear is not open for it. That is disobedience. Obedience in the New Testament is to believe what God already declares in Christ as our high priest about us. When he was accepted and the sacrifice was accepted, it was accepted that your sins are forgiven. Can you accept it? Can you believe it? In the measure that your heart is persuaded of that, you will find that that truth brings forth justification in your life. Where the Bible says that just shall live by faith, what it actually means is that God will live in them by faith. God will live in them. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean I will have life by faith. Well, I'm going to have life in this world, you know. I'm, I'm going to uh, 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 try and faith uh, 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 a bursary out for my son. No. I've got a father that said he already takes care of all these things. Okay? I don't find my identity in what I do, where I work, or any of those things, therefore I can do anything. I can work at any place, I can do anything, for my identity is not in where I work. So, at least the, what I'm busy with, God can provide through. Glory to God. And I find peace come my way and when I see the peace come my way and I see the fruit of the Spirit in my life I am not justified because I see the fruit I'm justified because of him he is the one and I am enjoying the fruit of that justification I want to say this again it's not just that you don't like yourself it's wrong it's wrong it's not just that you look in the mirror and you find your identity in what you see there you know, you just feel bad. 
can never love yourself. You can never put any clothes on your body. Because every time you do it, you hate yourself. You cannot write an exam. You cannot go to school. You cannot be amongst other people because all the time you degrade yourself. It's not just. And He is the justifier. He wants to justify you. Amen. Only by you believing something else. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you so much that you are our hiding place. We feel safe with you. I thank you, Lord, that we could come to a place where you have prepared the platform for our justification. And thank you, Lord, that you came and refined human flesh. You've refined the dust to the place that we can have a relationship with you by your doing. You are the one that made us righteous. You are the one that justifies us. And all we do from our side is we have a mind at rest at your integrity when the act of your redemption is portrayed before us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My prayer for myself and every person here, Father, is that we can go out here and always remember what you have done. Looking into the perfect law of liberation. Not forgetting what kind of a person we are. And we will be blessed in what we do. For what we do is we look into the perfect law of liberty. We'll be blessed by looking into your perfect law of liberation. We have been perfectly liberated from any power of the flesh. We have been perfectly liberated from uh, uh, having temper problems. We have been perfectly liberated from any death in our bodies. You have justified us and you, you will manifest that justification in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we make our bodies and this fellowship, and I pray for people that are watching me via the web, this, the, we make our bodies available for your justification by saying it is available and by believing your only word about our lives, Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Just feels that I don't want to stop to preach. I'm enjoying the message. Thank you so much, guys. Those of you that want to give, you can give over there. If there's anybody with any prayer request that you have, um, please come, uh, come forward. I'll pray.